You are listening to the Pain and Performance Podcast with Dr. Derek Hines. Hey everyone, Derek Hines here. Welcome to the podcast where I'll share with you the patterns, insights, research, and technologies that we use in my own pain and performance practice to help people improve their health, speed their healing, and increase their longevity. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy it. All right. Good day, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I've missed y'all. I've missed y'all. And we've got some great developments coming out on the podcast here soon. Next week, we'll have Dr. Amy Cavanaugh uh, talking about mental health and kind of the effects that the last year has taken on everyone. Um, But today, we are going to do some Q&A. We are going to answer some of y'all's most uh, burning questions, as they say. And uh, if y'all have any, you can always submit them to our text platform at 801-691-7582. That's a great way to grab us and get some questions answered. But uh, we're going to dive in. Pablo had a great question about sauna. How do saunas work? I don't understand uh, aren't they just heating you up? And uh, I, I think this is a great question when we start diving into the research of sauna and how much it can improve many different areas of health. Uh, sauna is one of those things that it really does a lot more than it seems. You know, you get in there and you're heating your body up. And when we do that, your body starts to go into a protective response. So your body releases norepinephrine uh, in response to trying to make sure that uh, survival is, is maintained. That norepinephrine response leads into many deeper, deeper benefits, such as the anti-inflammatory response, improvements in hormone regulation and blood flow. Even deeper than that, whenever we sustain the heat, we activate something called heat shock proteins. Heat shock proteins are transcriptional regulators, meaning they like regulate cell function. And that really helps a lot with inflammatory factors and healing. Whenever we look at regular saunas, where they're just heating you up uh, and, and kind of the role that they have in aging and lifespan, It appears that people who do sauna regularly get a lot of protection from uh, cell damage, DNA damage, and increased stem cell function or stem cell production. And so that's really interesting. It kind of mimics the effects of exercise on a lot of levels. When we really look at, you know, people who are doing sauna regularly, uh, the studies are very, very optimistic. You know, they have a, a, one of the largest scale studies was on 2,300 middle-aged men who did um, kind of a retrospective study. They went back and looked at all of their sauna habits. And when they balanced everything out, the men who used sauna two to three times a week for 20 minutes at, I think it was like 175 degrees, they were 27% less likely to die from cardiovascular related issues than the men who weren't using sauna. And the men who used sauna four to seven times a week, so basically, you know, twice as much, got twice the benefit. They were almost 50% less likely to die from cardiovascular related causes. The other thing they found was that they were 40% less likely to die from all premature causes. So every cause of death. Uh, was decreased in the people who were doing sauna regularly. Uh, not bad, not bad for, for some relaxation time and hanging out in a sauna. And that was even after they kind of age, activity, lifestyle factors were all factored into the research. 
The other thing that was really interesting to me was that uh, the frequent uh, sauna users' risk of Alzheimer's and dementia was reduced 66%. That is a big number. And, you know, for me, I've got Alzheimer's in my family. And, uh, you know, to be able to make sure that we're doing something for that is really, really interesting to me. So um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in sauna. That's a little bit of how it works when we start looking at heating your body up and sustaining it. It really turns on a lot of health benefits. And um, like I said, you know, some of that is healing, some of that is stem cell, some of that is inflammatory, uh, some of that is hormonally. And, you know, a lot of people get that post sauna high. You know, you hear of a lot of people saying when they're doing sauna regularly, they just feel better. Everything feels better mentally. They're just able to handle stressors much better. And I think part of that is the hormetic response. So, you know, you're getting in there, you're heating your body up and you're getting your body stressed and then your body has to come back from that. It has to learn how to handle that. And when we're teaching our body how to handle stress, it handles all stressors better. And, you know, we're doing it intentionally when we get in a sauna, but even when you get unintentional stress later, uh, it's much better. Your body has been taught how to handle that and how to overcome that. So um, you get a little bit of that hormetic response whenever you're doing frequent saunas. But, you know, there's so many benefits of using that regularly. So uh, hopefully that answers a little bit of the, your question there, Pablo. But, uh, yeah, certainly let me know what your experience with sauna has been. And if you all have any, any further questions, I'd love to hear them. Um, let's jump on another one. So, um, uh, what can I do to speed bone healing is a question that we got from Alicia. And uh, this is a great question because it's something we see a lot in the office. Um, so first, to heal a bone, you need your body producing and laying down um, the bone matrix. So this, this cellular matrix or scaffolding that your body goes behind and builds bone on. Uh, to do that, we need good blood flow, we need nutrients, we need um, stimulation to that area. So the first step is to make sure we're getting blood flow. Normally when we've had high levels of inflammation or um, decreases in blood flow, that leads to weaker bones. And so when we have a fracture or we have an issue, we probably don't have good blood flow in the first place. And so one of the first things and best things we can do is start doing a lot of things that increase blood flow to that area. Uh, in our office, we use PEMF therapy, pulse electromagnetic field therapy that really opens up a lot of microcirculation. And they've done quite a few studies on PEMF and bone healing and find that just that alone improves bone healing time by 30% or so. Um, very, very good thing in people with like chronic um, slow healing bones will get like a home unit where they're using that thing twice a day and really driving a ton of blood flow into that area. What we just talked about, in all honesty, sauna is a great thing. They've done a lot of studies on people coming back from fractures and using sauna to keep the strength and keep the, the blood flowing to that area. And what they find is that the fractures heal faster. Uh, muscle atrophy is not nearly as great around the fracture area. So when we do get better, we're moving faster and we're back to function, which reinforces all of the bone strength because now we're using it. So your body wants to strengthen that bone more. So what we'll do is as many times a week as we can do PEMF and then try and get in sauna at least a few times a week. You know, if we're looking at the research, four plus is better. 
uh, 20 minutes at 175 degrees. We've got some good good data on that. Um, that'll stimulate mitochondria, energy production. That'll get all the blood flow in, so all those growth factors actually get to the collagen matrix, get to the the, the scaffolding site inside the bone. Um, the other thing that this this adds is that we need a good collagen supplement so that your body can build bone. So a lot of times we'll do collagen, vitamin D, and calcium. Um, for people who are trying to heal bones faster, that's a really, really good program uh, to, to start doing that, to start adding those supplements in while you're doing PEMF and sauna. You're doing a lot of good. Uh, the last component to that is making sure that we're stimulating the growth factors to be released by the body. So we'll do something called katsu, and uh, I'll refer to my the podcast episode with uh, the the. CEO of Katsu Global, Stephen Munyatonis, for you to listen to all of the information about what Katsu does and how we got into it. But um, what Katsu does is you can do some very easy movements or just sit there and run a cycle if the fracture site is too painful and get your body to produce lots of growth hormone, up to 300% more growth hormone than other exercise. So obviously your body can use that growth hormone to repair the bone and strengthen the bone. And we can do that without pain or without injury to that. So when we kind of look at the, the process of healing that bone, we need all of the blood flow to get there. Uh, we've got that box checked. We need to make sure when the blood flow is going, it's bringing the right thing. So we add the supplements in, We've got that box checked, and then we want to make sure that the body is helping to repair that and is getting the, the hormone stimulus to repair the bone, and we check that box. And that is that is a really, really great way to speed bone healing and to, to increase uh, our body's ability to strengthen and lay down bone. So uh, a lot of times when we're working on people who are trying to heal bone, we will kind of add in treatment to the nerves and the tissues and make sure that you know swelling and pain using you know soft tissue massage medical dry needling joint adjustments above the fracture site to make sure all the other issues are are moving well you know you fracture your ankle will balance the hips and the pelvis and make sure that you're feeling good and you don't have long-standing effects from the fracture but so the perfect bone healing week would probably look like you're doing daily uh, PEMF sessions, uh, sauna almost daily, uh, the katsu workouts almost daily, if not, you know, three times a week. Uh, the nice thing about katsu as a caveat is that you don't get sore from the workouts, so you can actually do it repeated times without the trauma to the muscle. You're not damaging the muscle. You're just getting the hormone response with it. Um, then daily supplementation of collagen, vitamin D, and calcium and probably two full body treatments a week. And when we wrap all that together, that makes this beautiful bone healing program that we've seen people heal bones uh, that have been um, avascular or not healing for years. Uh, we had an 18 month uh, wound over a fracture that both healed within three months of, of doing some of these sessions. Uh, in really severe uh, advanced cases, uh, on top of these things, sometimes we'll get people to add in something like hyperbaric or um, stem cell treatments to, to speed the healing process. But 
Um, we've had quite a few patients who were scheduled for amputations that went through this program and are now driving, walking, um, doing everything they want to do. So I do think our body has the ability to heal this much better than sometimes we are giving it credit for. So um, that's that's what we do. That's that's pretty close to perfect, if you ask me. Uh, let's get a couple of other ones. Uh, I see a question about headache treatments and uh, we'll jump on that for a minute because I do think headaches get a bad rap whenever we're looking at how do we treat them and, and people saying that headaches are not treatable. Um, it depends on the type of headache is the first thing that I would say. Um, a lot of people get the migraine diagnosis put on uh, them and don't actually have migraines or they have migraines that that come from a different type of headache being turned on so to speak so um, a cervicogenic headache is a headache that uh, comes from irritation to the pain or nerves at the upper neck so the base of the skull uh, where your skull meets your upper neck is is the first cervical vertebrae and second cervical vertebrae um, those areas, the nerves from there, one, wrap up into the head and supply a lot of the uh, input into your head. And so obviously in that situation, if your nerves get irritated, they will cause a headache. Uh, the other interesting part about those, those segments is that they go to the same area of the brain, the same nucleus in the brain uh, that the nerves in your head and face and sinuses go to. And so when they get irritated, sometimes the brain doesn't quite know where that irritation is coming from and just kind of tells you, hey, here's a problem uh, in this nucleus coming from somewhere, um, you know, in the head and neck. And we get a headache from it. Some people get dizziness from it. Um, but a lot of times we'll see that result as, as a cervicogenic headache. And when we look at those, uh, the research says most of them will come from the very upper neck. So C1 and 2 or C2 and 3. And so if we get those, we can identify what dysfunction is happening at C1 and 2 or 2 and 3 and correct that. And a lot of that's hands-on stuff. Um, we'll do you know some, some joint corrections. We'll do dry needling and make sure all the muscle tension across the neck we're all sitting so much, so all those muscles and tissues in the front of your neck get really tight and restricted. And so we have a tough time putting our neck in a good position and start pressing on structures that aren't really supposed to get pressure. And we'll you know, do some posture correction stuff to, to alleviate that just so that once we do correct the muscles, nerves, blood flow, joint issues, that it doesn't come back because you go sit at your desk in a bad position. Uh, so, you know, that's a really good way of, of doing it. One way to identify if, um, if you kind of fall into that group, if you are getting headaches, is something called a flexion rotation test. So basically you flex your head all the way down, like putting your chin on your chest, and you try and turn your head from side to side. Uh, and in one study, they found that people with cervicogenic headaches had one side that was significantly restricted, like almost half the range of motion as the other side. Uh, and normally that would be the side of the headache. So if you flex your head down, put your chin on your chest and you turn your head to the left and you have pain or headaches that usually arise on the left, and that might be the left part of the neck, the left eye, uh, any of that stuff, then you fall into a cervicogenic headache. Now I do see people who get cervicogenic headaches that 
turn on uh, migraines. So they'll initially start with uh, irritation or a headache that starts as a cervicogenic headache, but that is the trigger to their migraine. And so when we get true migraines where people are getting the aura, we want to remove all of the triggers for that. Um, so it's a very similar starting point, uh, probably a bit more systemic. So we're treating the whole body. We really want to dive into you know food, sleep, allergies, uh, exercise when we're looking at, at a true migraine. But a lot of times when we start removing those food triggers, those muscle, nerve, and joint triggers, we can get even, even a true traditional migraine down significantly by treating all of the structures in the head, making sure we're getting good blood flow. So jump back up to my first question. Um, and then, you know, we'll start changing some, some supplementation and some dietary stuff as well. So, um, you know, headaches can, can get fairly complicated, but, you know, really when we look at uh, most headaches, if you get inflammation down throughout the system, so we're doing, you know, exercise, we're making sure we're eating clean, we're doing things like cryotherapy, PEMF therapy to carry good oxygen to and from the brain. Uh, we're getting good treatment using, you know, accurate hands-on techniques, and we're actually, you know, helping to improve the mobility of all of the structures in the upper neck and head and jaw. Uh, aligning the jaw is another big one. Uh, there's a really good podcast that I'll link in the show notes about how important jaw alignment is to inflammation throughout the body. And so we'll do a lot of treatment to the jaw when we're looking at headaches. So when you do that cluster of treatments, you get a lot of benefits. You, you really can improve a ton uh, of, of headache types by doing that. And if it is a cervicogenic headache, it's one of those few things that um, we get very confident in because if we can diagnose it and we know that, that it's an accurate diagnosis, it is a headache coming from their neck, then those resolve at a very, very high level, like 95 plus percent of those headaches will go away. And as long as we correct, you know, the positions, they never come back. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of what headache treatment looks like to me. Uh, I think if you're having headaches, first of all, is getting a good type, a good diagnosis. Second of all, it's starting to, to go through and check those boxes. Are you eating clean? Maybe doing a food sensitivity test would be really important if you feel like you're having accurate migraines, real migraines, uh, doing a blood test and checking all of your vitamin, mineral, and hormone levels would be another one. Uh, there's been a lot of research on adding meditation for migraine sufferers. Uh, I think that would be a good starting point if you are having some of that. Uh, you need a good stress management system because we know that many headaches respond negatively to stress. So starting to work on uh, some stress management stuff would be another little tip to kind of add in there. So uh, hopefully that answers your question. And I, I believe I'm going to have to jump in and treat a few patients here. But uh, thank you so much for listening. If y'all do have questions, shoot us a text, uh, send us an email, tag us on social. Uh, our text uh, platform to give you that number is 801-691-7582. And that's a great way for us to kind of answer some questions and things like that. Next week, we've got Dr. Amy Cavanaugh on talking about mental health and stress. And we'll kind of add a few things in there. It's a great conversation. I uh, really had a great time talking with her. So um, please stick around. If you like some of this information, if you like these Q&A styles, let me know. Uh, I think we'll do a few more of these. We've been getting a bunch of questions lately. So uh, I'd like to, to add a few of these things in there and uh, 
I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share this information with someone who needs it. We hear it all the time from patients and friends and family that say they wish they heard this information earlier so they could have started this journey towards better health, a better life, a more pain-free life sooner. So if you know someone who can benefit from this information, please send the show to them. Also, you can get all of today's show notes and topics discussed at DerekHines.com slash podcast. And for any treatment or pain inquiries, please go to AcadianaPain.com. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Thanks for all of the feedback and any reviews that y'all can give. I really appreciate it. And remember, just try and get a little bit healthier every day.